guys. Welcome to another episode of Consider This Question. We are going to talk a little bit more about prayer. Um, the last podcast, we spent a good chunk of time just talking through what's the point of praying, especially if um, if God really is sovereign and does he change his mind? Does he not when we pray? Are we supposed to, um, is this just a way to talk to him? And we kind of came to this conclusion that a big part of prayer is that we are formed to be like him that it is about a conversation that takes place to help him uh, help us know him. And so we just had a few other questions that people in our congregation have asked, and we wanted to address those. So um, we'll just start right off here. A question that we get a lot of the times, and I've actually thought this before, is, um, is might seem kind of simple, but it's one we often get. It's, is it wrong to pray for success, safety, and prosperity? And I think the reason why a lot of us have this question is because Jim's humor and sense of humor and um, kind of uh, taking things to the extreme to make a point will often point out bad. Um, I'm trying to find out if she's speaking well of me or critically because <laughs> I'm both I'm both offended that she accuses me of this and yet also proud proud and proud right right right. So you do say things like there are bad questions. Yep. There are wrong things. I don't know if you've said there are wrong things to pray for, but you've alluded to like, ugh, nobody ever pray for my safety. Yep. Nobody ever. Yep. So because you've said things like that, sometimes yep. it can it can feel kind of tricky. Do, should we like, really? Are you joking? Or are you not? Kind yep. of thing. You know, yep. should we not pray those things? Yep. Is it really unsanctified? And is it not edifying to pray that kind of prayer? Or, I mean, kind of just your thoughts on that. Sure. I'll, I'll begin. Um, the Apostle Paul in Philippians uh, kind of goes off. He basically, near the end as he's concluding his letter, he actually says that what I want you to do is I want you to be anxious in nothing, but take these requests, take these uh, petitions to the Lord in prayer. And so it's kind of interesting. Don't be anxious. Talk to God about these things. So when when go, going back and asking the question, every, every time I have... Um, and I, I, I really, I mean, I think humor just bubbles out of me. So when I think about those times where I've been um, maybe even critical of people who, when I say I'm going to Africa or I'm going to be traveling to Colombia, and they say to me, hey, I'm gonna pr- I'll, be, I'll be praying for you. And then when I ask them, well, what are you praying for? Um, about the only real response that I get is, well, you know, no, tell me what you're praying for. And they say, I'm just, we're praying that, you're, that you'll be safe. And, and that is my, that is the, I guess, the crux of what I'm trying to challenge people with is that that's really not um, the, the, the best or the only way or the primary way or the focal point of, uh, I believe, what the prayer should actually be. So my concern is not, uh, and I'll kind of deal with the traveling mercy, so to speak, or the safety while I travel. I'm not saying don't pray for my safety. I'm saying that um, if you pray for a long time about what's happening, I hope safety, safety eventually comes up. That mm-hmm. in your conversation that you add that, if that's all, if you're going to pray for one thing for me, and kind of that's what they're even saying, right? I, and tell me if I'm wrong. When people say I'll pray for you, when you ask them, and I'd love to do this now, I say, well, ask what what will you be praying for? They are usually asking for things like safety, health, success. Even though we say quite readily that we're not a health wealth gospel, when I ask what we pray for, the answer is health and wealth, and so. Um, I am answering or critiquing a single-minded focus that our people naturally have, which is we want you to be safe and we want you to be healthy and we want you to be um, successful. And I when, I, when I challenge that, it's not, don't you dare pray those things over me. It's, I hope that 
as you're maturing and as even as you understand what I'm doing and why I'm going to Columbia, um, as much as in a very real, I don't want to take for granted my safety. I just, um, most likely, I'm going, everywhere I've gone, I've arrived safely. Everywhere I've gone. I don't know if I've been faithful everywhere I've gone. And so I think there's something else that I would like our people to be praying for. And that's what I'm getting at. Um, when I when I offer the critique, don't pray for my safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Drew? Yeah, those, I mean, there are, I think you said three different things in there. You talked about whether it could be health, right? or whether it could be safety, or whether it could be success. And it is, mm-hmm. it's helpful to some degree to um, parse those out because each of those, I think there's different degrees on each of those that we can be thinking in. Um, there's a number of examples. James talks about bringing sick people before the elders so that they can pray for their healing. And we see, we see them do this in Acts. Peter and Paul pray for people's healing um, to heal them. And so that, that it seems like health is an okay thing to pray for. And I think we can kind of infer from that that praying for safety is, is an okay thing. Paul prays for um, first that we're in second Thessalonians right now with at the table. And in second Thessalonians three, he talks about praying that we'd kind of have protection from evil men for not all people believe there are some people who kind of oppose us. Um, but I do see what, what seem, I, I went back and looked cause I just wanted to check and, and see how, how often does things like safety and health get prayed for. And, and every time, at least in the new Testament, that that is prayed for, it seems to be prayed for in the context of a greater mission or a goal. So pray for safety for us so we can get the gospel here or pray for yeah, pray for Peter's deliverance out of prison. At least we think it doesn't even say that in Acts 12 necessarily that that's happened, but it says the church is praying while he's in prison. And so you kind of assume that, but it is, it seems to be, yes, out of love for him. And I mean, this is our brother. We want him to be protected and saved. And I think that that's okay, but also does seem to be God's heart in it seems to be a for the sake of the mission. I'm not done with you yet, Peter. There's work to do. And so they set him free out of prison and send him to go start preaching. And, uh, and, and so that, that seems to be the case all throughout um, the New Testament is safety is a means towards the mission of God. I, I don't know that that means we can't. If, if Jesus comes, to, uh, comes in during his ministry, he's healing people. And, and his apostles go out and heal people. I think part of that is a sign of this is what, this is what the kingdom is moving towards. This is what I'm, I'm bringing restoration. There will be a day when sickness will be gone and death will be gone. And so, so in that, I think that praying for safety, for people to not die, is okay. It's, it's just when those things move towards kind of the center, like you talk about, Jim, or the core. Well, all I really know to pray for for Jim is just that he'd be safe when he goes on his trip. And, and I think we go, it needs to be bigger than that. You yeah. Know? And that's, I think that's my biggest challenge is um, I believe you can learn a lot about a person's spiritual condition and maturity by listening to them pray. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in a critical, judgmental way. But, I mean, I listened to my boys pray. And uh, I remember Max when he was really, really young. He just kept saying over and over and over again, dear God, thank you for this wonderful day. That's a dear God, and thank you for this wonderful day. And um, I'll exaggerate to prove my point. When, when he We're was When he was 28 and he still prayed, dear God, thank you for my wonderful day, I just thought, you know, that was cute when you were five, and it was even understandable when you were six or seven, um, but is there anything else that you would want to talk to God about? Well, no, I think I'm pretty much done. Dear God, thank you for my wonderful day. Okay, son. Well, 
your maturity now that that says that 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 demonstrates a certain view about God, a certain view about what's important and what's valuable. And as we mature, I believe our prayers should work with it. And so I I take seriously when someone says I want to pray for you, I, I want to I value their prayers. I want to direct their prayers towards what my mission is. So I'll be going to Columbia to see uh, what Compassion right now is doing in a number of different projects um, in these two particular places. And so, yeah, if you want to pray that I don't get taken by the cartel, that'd be wonderful. But if I don't get taken from the cartel and that's all that happens, then I think we have missed an opportunity to beseech the Lord that his kingdom might be advanced, Mm -hmm. that I might have insight into how our congregation can, can, can partner with compassion so that we might uh, help eradicate poverty uh, in, in certain parts of the world in the name of Jesus. I mean, there's so much more that could have been prayed for, yeah. and I just don't want a thousand people praying, I come home alive. Yeah. No, that's, I, I, think, that's, I think that's good to be thinking through, like, the, the core of what we're going after with those things. And, and that's even why we talk about— um, you, last last podcast, you were talking so much about how, and and we mostly agreed that the the key key purpose of prayer is to form our wills, to shape yeah. our wills to God, right? Yep. And I think it's important for us to remember as we pray for safety for Jim and his travels, as we pay pray for safety for our missionaries all around the world and different things that we recognize sometimes. Um, God views the suffering or the the non safety or the non health of His people as a means towards His will. Sure, um, right. Jesus being the first and greatest point of that, exactly. right? Even Jesus prays in the garden, if possible, take this cup from me, Father. But nevertheless, not my will, but Yours be done. And and God's will was the suffering of His Son for the greater mission. And so I think it's important for us to at least keep that in mind, that those things, we want to look towards what God wants most, and that might not always mean our safety or health. I do think, I would love to, and not to move us too quickly past, but the success one is one that's a little bit more yeah. vague and, and, and nebulous for me. I don't know what, what you guys' thoughts on that is exactly, but I'd love to hear that I, a little bit. I think it goes back to what you're saying. Well, what's your, what is our... As a worldview, as a Christian and biblical worldview, our, our uh, idea of success should look very different. And so I think lining up what we identify, what Jesus says success is, would be what we would align ourselves yeah. with. That's what my two cents would be. But, well, but I mean, No, I think you're right. And I, what, I, what I love about prayer is that I feel more vulnerable and more, I feel a, a freedom to be more honest with God than anyone because he knows the other side of me. Right. And so in my brutally honest conversations with him about the silliest things, I think people might be surprised to know that I pray about more silly things than most people I know, hmm. okay? And I expose them in my own in my own verbiage to God as being silly. Like, God, right now, I can't even, I can't even pretend that um, my football team winning this weekend or losing this weekend has no basis in me. And I just need to talk to you about that. And so here I am kind of going, please, 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 can we win this weekend? Because, <laughs> and, I'm, and as I'm telling you this, God, I just realize how small that is. And then I stop and I go, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe it isn't small. Like, God, help me understand how these things fit into my life. Maybe the issue is not whether or not Miami wins or doesn't win. That's my football team. Um, well, tell, me, tell me about, like, what that says about the condition of my own. And I go off on these, I guess, rabbit trails yeah. <laughs> with God. And I, I have, I believe in that Philippians 4 passage, yeah. give everything to him. And so I'll go, I'll go back and I'll talk about the success piece. So then how do I pray about success? 
like, God, I'm, I've got a new business venture. Please make it successful. Okay, anything else? Yeah, like, God, why, why do I need success so bad? And how do I pray through this? God, in the midst of my success, may I not lose a dependency upon you. Like, God, in, in the midst of this success, may, may my thoughts about this current business venture not be distracting. God, I'm praying for the success of this marital couple. Um, God, may I be praying also that somehow, should this fail, that I don't believe you have failed me in not answering my prayer the way that I've... I mean, there's so much that I think the Lord wants to engage with us as he is conforming our wills to his, that the conversation never ends, that surprisingly, I think to some people, I think you should pray about success. I think you should pray about your football team. I think you should pray about the smallest things. But when we say that, we usually mean I get. I then get a free pass to ask for anything that I want mm-hmm. and demand it like a spoiled child. And I'm not saying yes to that. Pray about safety and then talk to God about why, if there is no safety, you can't breathe. Hmm. You know. So if I die in Colombia. How many people are going to go, oh, man, the Lord didn't answer our prayer? I don't know if he didn't answer your prayer. You asked for hopefully safety in the context of this big mission. So now the prayer continues. Well, God, you've decided to take Jim's life. May that not have been in vain. May you continue to bring justice to those who killed my leader. And then talk like that, a bit of a Darth Vader stone. Um, I want you to do that, and I want you to make much of your name through his death. I mean, I hope you guys pray that for me. Yeah. Bigger picture, I think, is kind of where it's coming from. Yeah, I, it always always important to kind of remember those, the idea that God knows what we need and mm-hmm. knows knows when success might end up killing us, knows when health might be a bad thing for us because it will it will teach us to put our trust in our success and in our health and in our safety rather than than in Him, and so I think you're probably right to to pray those things is okay, um, but to recognize. Um, to, but to, to recognize our own heart in what we're praying for and to, to try and let God diagnose that and to recognize that he knows what is best. And oftentimes I, I, feel, I feel okay praying for my friend's house to sell when he feels like he's supposed to move here because God has kind of placed a calling on him. I feel kind of silly praying for my house to sell because I want a bigger one. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? Like the difference right. between there's, there's the success of trying to get to a place where you uh, – God provide for our daily bread, providing a place to live in a place where you feel like God called me and, and the, I, I want something nicer. You know, those two things are even, even kind of different to feel out. You know what I mean? How I believe you process or I process prayers about success and, and health and safety is the bigger issue. And that's why I can totally line up with Paul and say, yeah, he nailed it. Uh, do not be anxious in anything. Hmm but by prayer and supplication, give all of these things to God. And prayer is not just a little bit, and when we talk about it, when you say pray, you mean just ask for. And I don't think that's what prayer is. Mm. Prayer is not just ask for. Um, I think an element of communicating with God is ask for. But I, I, I actually care more, and this is uh, hopefully a maturity that's, that God has grown in me, is I am asking for more of an idea or an understanding or perspective. Um, I, 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 when I hear people talk about my so-and-so friend is sick and I just want you to pray for them. And, I, you know, what's very interesting is is that in any way that you've asked me to do that, are you asking me to pray in a way that your friend becomes aware of or more dependent upon God's mercy, favor, kindness, grace? Mm-hmm. And usually when I ask people that question, and I don't ask it every time, 
they look at me like I'm crazy. Like they really said, when they say pray for my friend because he's sick, what they really mean is make him better. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, we just missed an incredible opportunity to pray at a, at a fundamentally deeper level. Yeah. I have, so then I have two questions kind of out of that first one a little bit because you're talking about the motives of prayer and the idea of, you know, well, the heart behind it, right? You're talking about a little bit. And our other two questions that we're going to answer today are going to be one that has to do with salvation. So when you, even when you're talking about, when you're talking to Jim about, um, you know, when people ask me to pray for this, then I ask them, are you asking about their, them to be more like Jesus in the midst of what they're going through? And you're kind of asking these deeper questions. Well, you think that you'd think that salvation would be kind of a always a good thing to pray for sure. for somebody else. Um, sure. And yet we know that everyone's not going to be saved. And so I I wonder I wonder about that a little bit. And then and then the other one the other one is just in while we're praying for these ask everything right or and engage him in conversation about everything how long do you do that before you decide okay lord um do you know i i ask for this and but your will be done um please help me understand different levels to this and then at what point do you go okay i think he said no to this and i need to either either look at this even even more differently or i need to to do something else i mean those are kind of the two questions i have i don't know if you're gonna do the salvation one first or which yeah. one do you want? Drew? Yeah, I'll talk about the salvation one. Good. Okay. Um, this is, we're told to pray for people's salvation. We're told to to pray for the gospel to be kind of opened up to people. And and, and this is something that we, we, we want our hearts to be in line with God's, yep. right? We keep saying that. We want our des- wills and desires to be lined up with yep. him. And and we, we believe as we read the scriptures that God wants people to know him, um, not just because he loves them, though he does deeply, but also because he's owed glory and worship <laughs> from them, right? From and them, so, yeah. so God wants that. And so it seems like that is always, I believe, always an appropriate thing to be praying for. But there are, I think, like theologically proper ways to pray for those things. Um, people either think of when we think of salvation and, and God's role in it, you know, there are the two, two main ends. One is that God has predetermined um, who is going to be saved and who is not. Um, the Calvinism that we've talked about before, you know, and in which case I, not everyone feels this way, but in, in which case I personally don't see much reason to pray for a person to be saved because God has already predetermined. And the other one is free will, in which case I don't feel like God is going to violate free will <laughs> and make somebody change their heart. Right? So you you literally have found yet another example of two positions and you're just stuck. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. But I do. That's so, a good point, though. This I, is the you know same I mean? this, in the same way that Jim likes to exaggerate to make a point. Drew likes to stay in between things to make no point. <laughs> I'm making a point. My point is always I don't know. No. That's maybe. my that's more point. Maybe. And I am no, I am very clear awesome. about the fact that I have no idea. Uh, no, this is this is what I but I do think so I cannot that's pray. So I don't think I'll take for example, I pray for my kids. And I don't think I can pray for. We just got to baptize Ella a few weeks ago, my oldest, awesome. which is that cool. Was awesome. um, in my prayers for her, and in my prayers for Hudson, and my prayers for Hadley, I don't feel like I can pray. God, make them, um, make them be saved, or God, make them love you, or God, make them. I, I, I don't know if I can biblically. That doesn't seem quite right, but I do. I do believe that I can pray. 
God, open their eyes to the beauty of the gospel. Sure. Help them to see Jesus clearly as he is. This, I think, 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 4, that the God of this age has blinded the minds yep. of unbelievers. Yep. Yep. And so I, I look at that and I go, the, what, what, what the devil does, what the enemy does is blind unbelievers. And so I can pray for unbelievers for their eyes to be opened to those things. Um, I can pray for, I think I can pray for them to have a soft heart so when they do hear it, that it sinks in. I think they still have the choice from there, but I can, so I pray for my kids to see Jesus clearly and the gospel clearly. I pray for them to have a soft heart. Um, for other people that I love that are, that are wayward, I pray for their lives to not go well without Jesus, for like, for for God to do what it takes in them to even bring them to the lowest of low so that they do not think they're okay. See, but like, that's a big person. What Drew just said is a big person prayer. Yeah. Like that's not, that's a, that, that, that is a complicated prayer that I would argue not many people arrive at the maturity to understand mm-hmm. how and why that prayer should be prayed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I can't, I can't pray. Like I said, I, I feel uncomfortable just saying save them or, change their hearts so they love you now. But I do feel comfortable saying, take away all the things that keep them from loving you. And I, I feel comfortable um, saying, you know, oh, give them, since I, I, Jesus says, pray for workers to go out into the harvest. And so I can pray for workers to go into Japan and in Turkey. And I can also pray for people to step into my friend's life who lives, or my, you know, people who live far away from me and pray for God to put um, people in their life who will share the gospel with them and those kinds of things. And so I pray those ways for people's salvation. And there are times when I pray kind of like Jim, there's some times when I'm almost lost for words and I just say, God, I, I just want you to change their heart. I just want them to love you. And I, I kind of trust you to work out how you're going to do that. Like yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe that you just violate their free will and just make them, but, but some you know theologically how this all works what your role is and their role is and so i'm kind of just laying this before you and i'm out of words to say this but i'm trusting you to to open their hearts to the gospel and and those kinds of things so there are a lot of ways i feel like i can pray around that and to to that end without praying exactly you know make this person a christian that's why one of the best things i think we can do is to challenge each other to explain what our prayers look like and I, I mean, it's caused me to go back and to be more intentional in my own prayers. And uh, much like in ministry, when we describe, um, I hate to say then the devil is in the details, but literally the more that I work out and say, okay, Drew, so specifically pray or explain to me when you're talking to God about the salvation of your children, what does that look like? What are you mm-hmm. praying for? Mm-hmm. And as Drew describes it, it seems to make sense. Like it falls into place. That it can't be described in, in a quick question but it can be described by listening to someone pray. And I think that's a critical component is that too often we've given three questions. Can I pray for success? Yes or no? Um, well, no, if you're gonna pray poorly, yes, if you're gonna pray maturely. Okay, but what does yeah. that look like? Yeah. Okay, now, okay, then why don't I pray? And you can hear what, at least what my version of that sounds like. Yeah. So we sometimes think that a little bit of the problem with prayer is that we have a little bit of a, hey, we can pray any way that we want and hands off because we're free to pray any way that we want, and we're almost become like pluralists or relativists yeah. in, the, in the attitude of prayer. And yet, I don't think that's biblical. Mm-hmm. I really think that there are mature and immature ways to pray. To pray, I think there are wrong things to pray. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that doesn't mean that God is, then is angry and is going to zap us, but it might mean why He says no. Yeah. If I were to pray for God to do something that God has already said He would never do, 
I mean, I have a friend of mine yeah. that prayed. He was in a very complicated uh, relationship with his spouse, and there were some major dysfunctions that were taking place. And he just kept praying, God, take away any desire that I have for her sexually, and then I can be faithful to her, and I won't be frustrated by what's going on. And so, God, can you just take away all—and I just said, like, that is a ridiculous prayer as far as I can understand it. Yeah. Because that violates the very natural way in which God has ordained a way that a marriage should actually be. And so I, I, when he told me about this prayer that he had, that he would just have no, no human desires again. And I just said, I, I cannot see how that fits in with what Paul is describing and what he is commanding us to do to love one another sacrificially with everything that we have. And so, so often a lot of our prayers, when not challenged. I mean, yeah. I'm almost careful to say that word, but without being challenged, I think that um, we can stay in some foolish ways to be praying. Yeah. And I think we should pray for our people's salvation. How we pray about that is the is the is a great, great, yeah. great question. Yeah. I, th- I almost think there is a, we talk about repent and believe all the time and yeah. the transforming happens in, yep. you know, the renewing of your mind. And I think that, that, goes with prayer you know it's why when people refuse to like you need to be either talking about your like some to some extent talking about your prayers sure. with somebody um or praying in front of somebody i mean to be challenged i think sometimes you know whenever you just keep it yes. strictly oh, i never want to pray in front of anybody i'm just gonna say okay well you're probably not going to grow in your prayer life i don't i don't see that just naturally happening you yeah. know so i just think that's kind of a that's what that reminds me of well, let me, let, me, let me say this real quick. That's why I really want moms and dads to listen to their kids' prayers, to not critique them in a, in, a, in, a, in a mean-spirited or in a kind of a pietistic, better-than-thou way, but um, you will recognize what your children's believe and think about God. And then basically the good news is, is that the more that you teach them the truth and the reality of who he is from his scriptures, then all of a sudden they will naturally begin to pray better. So as they begin to know that God wants no one to perish, that God takes no delight in the death of the wicked, but would rather that they turn to him and repent, the more that a child knows that, they will pray for those around them that are hurting them, that are causing pain in their lives, and their prayers aren't just, can you kill Tommy? Can you just kill him and kill him good? (laughs) All of a sudden they realize, okay, but that's not the heart of God. And so you can help them process this. And I think that so often the reason why prayer is, continues to be misunderstood is because it is still an exercise that I do alone without any kind of um, uh, input, without any kind of assessment, without any kind of um, uh, a way to make better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just think it is so important. I mean, I'm so, I love when we pray together as a staff. I can tell you, Drew, how you pray. Morgan, I know how you pray. Steve, I know how you pray. And Ryan Vincent's in the studio. I know how he prays. Um, I remember praying with one of our elders, Terry Carpenter, and it just it was so good. I knew him better hmm. when we prayed every Tuesday at seven o'clock for an hour. Um, and if you don't know your kids' spiritual lives, it's because you've not heard them pray. Hmm. My wife is an awesome prayer, by the way. Hmm. Prayer, prayer, is that right? I don't know. Pray, woman of prayer. Woman of prayer. Use the genitive. Woman of prayer. Woman for prayer. Woman from prayer. Yeah, one of my favorite, this is really has nothing to do with this question, but one of my favorite stories you've ever shared about Andrea is whenever, um, surprise, surprise, the Johnson boys were disagreeing and it got a little out of hand and they were arguing and um, 
you know, any woman can just jump in there and try to take control of the situation. And she just started praying aloud. Yeah. You said she just started praying out loud right there. And it was just humbling to all of you guys in the room. And I just think, oh, that's cool. Just, you know, I'm just going to stop and acknowledge that God is here and I'm going to bring him into this conversation and let him work. And it changed. I mean, honestly, prayer changes things (laughs) (laughs) because it is, but it's hard to be angry. It's hard to, it's hard to act on. It's hard to not act like Christ when you're trying to talk to him. There was another piece to that. So the one yeah. was salvation. What was the other one? So how long should you pray for something before it's a no? I mean, I, and I kind of think, you know, I mean, you could talk about this in terms of salvation. I think like I'll continue to pray for eyes to be opened yeah. and that kind of, until, until you can't anymore, like yeah. until I die or they die, you know, I'm probably going to be persistent in that. Yes. And you hear about, um, like it was the persistent widow. Yeah. yeah. Like you hear about there's this persistency that is kind of, um, recognized. Yep by Jesus in the gospels. And so I don't, I don't know, I guess, when do you kind of consider it a no and, and shift or when, you know, I don't know. Here's here, here. Yeah. Here's what I love is that, um, going back to will the Holy spirit lead you in this? Cause we're asking the question somewhat devoid of the Holy spirit's answer. Cause I would tell you that I think the Holy spirit will lead you in how long you should pray for something. I believe there's a Holy spirit element to it. And again, not magic, um, I have a good friend of mine, and he felt led to pray for one year for um, his daughter to be healed from this ailment that she had. And he was going to fast every Wednesday, and for one year, I'm going to pray. I feel led, as he kept saying, I feel led to pray for one year and to beg God every Wednesday and to not eat that entire day. And for one year, I will go before the Lord, and I will, I will, I will seek his specific healing of her. And then after that year is up, I will believe that that is the answer, and then I will live with it and be grateful for whatever the Lord does. And I didn't feel like I should say, no, you shouldn't do it for two years. You should do it for, the way he was describing it, I thought was incredibly insightful and healthy. And I'm just gonna trust that the Lord is directing him in that in that pursuit. Yeah. And I think that that becomes a big question. Um, so for example, if, if, if you guys, if we're living in community and I'm praying for Max to be healed of his diabetes and I do it for a year, and then you sense that I'm beginning angry and I've now asked God, and I've gone a year and a half, and he has done nothing, and I do not think he is listening to me, and all of a sudden I start pounding the desk, right? You guys can come along and say, you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this prayer is working. Um, I don't, I, I think it's something is breaking in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue that I think sometimes we forget is do you believe the Holy Spirit will lead me to know how and when to pray? And I really believe that, and not, not just magically, but I think that within the context of community, I know of people that will never give up. And when I see that, and they're not bitter, they're not mad, and they're yeah, not angry, yeah. and they're not they're not becoming poisonous. And I'm going, I'm not telling them to stop. Yeah. I'm not telling I'm not getting it seems like the Holy Spirit is what is empowering this woman, this grandmother, to pray for the salvation of her grandchild. And I just stand back and I wonder in it. Yeah. So right? do you think do you think, Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. that makes yeah. sense. Do you think it kind of goes back to the first podcast we did on prayer, which is like you you can you pray a danger would be when you, when you're not being conformed into yes. Christ likeness. Whenever yeah. you are just now kind of acting more entitled and more self, like when this is no longer the point. Yeah. And that's kind of in an indicator, not even necessarily to saying no, but just like, yeah, your motives are way off here. Well, and I love it when Paul says, you know, Paul's begging God and Paul points out and God said, like, I don't want to hear it again. Yeah. Like, I don't want you, my grace is sufficient for you. 
I, I went to God. I begged for him to take the thorn in the flesh. And God said, okay, we're done talking about this. I believe that God will point out to me when he's done talking about this. I really believe in the clarity of God. And when there isn't clarity, I believe I have continued room, continued room to to seek, to seek wise counsel. I'm going to talk to Steve about it. I'm going to say, hey, brother, listen, I'm, man, I'm, I'm beginning to be really frustrated because God's not answering this prayer. And okay, well, I think you need, Steve might, might tell me, I think you need to let it go. I yeah. think you might need to, to, to maybe take this as God's answer and let it go. And God will, I believe he will not abandon me in this. Yeah. Think, I mean, think about that because Paul's or God's prayer to Paul, or answer to Paul is my grace is sufficient for you. And so anger at God in, <laughs> in him not answering is a yeah. sign that my heart is saying you aren't sufficient. Like if, yeah. if this isn't fixed, then my life is not okay. If, if you don't heal my son, if you don't fix this situation, if you, then my life's not okay. You're not sufficient. And, and at that case, it probably goes back to your original thing. It's maybe okay to keep praying, but you probably need to start praying in a different way exactly. about that thing. God, yeah. what is wrong with God, help my heart in this, that, that somehow I don't see you as enough unless you heal this, my kid, unless you give me this job, unless you, then, I'm, then I fall apart. And there's something, I, something that's wrong with me in that, you know? And I, you know, going back to the thorn in the flesh, I, I genuinely believe, without going into the exegesis of that, but in that Corinthian text, um, he is frustrated in the thorn in the flesh because I believe it's those who are undoing his ministry. Thorn in the Old Testament are those people which are undoing the ministry that God is doing. I think Paul is, in the Corinthian material, is incredibly frustrated by those who are undoing it. And much like Elijah, who is incredibly frustrated that Jezebel is still breathing murderous threats, Paul appears to be able to stand before God and say, I want you to take this away. And God, how do you not agree with this? Right? There are certain, how do you not agree that my child should be healed? Or how do you not agree that Sunnybrook should grow or that my ministry should flourish? And then God points out, listen, you don't understand. Like, I need you to trust me to the core. And that is something that Paul can only learn through prayer and through um, a consistent reminder that the one that you are praying to fundamentally is greater than the prayer that you're praying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's in Corinthians. Do you remember where? Second Corinthians 9. Nine, ten. I don't know why eleven is in my head, but I—I uh, hmm. I am looking on my. <sighs> Go for it. Well, he does this actually. I'll just—I feel like we're, we're talking about some really cool kind of ideas, big about prayer. Um, but I just—I feel like I, w- I want to share this because this has been something that's benefited some of us on staff recently. For those who are maybe have some more practical questions about how do I improve prayer and how do I, I get better, another podcast I would point you to is, and, and Morgan has listened to this as well, is, is a podcast called several, King, yeah, several times. Kingdom Roots with Scott McKnight. And that's Scott with one T, like our Scott. Uh, Kingdom Roots with Scott McKnight, and it's a praying like Jesus. And he has a whole thing about how to pray like Jesus and, and praying the Lord's Prayer. And it has been really beneficial to, to us, some of us on staff. I would, I would point you in that direction. And now Jim has has the answer and it is it it is it is um thir- it is 12 sorry yeah, so we're, second, we're all wrong second, second corinthians 12 second corinthians 12, 12. Yeah. i was 11 and, and, i was closest without going yes, over yes you were close <laughs> but listen he says this you and were this closest is, without going over this is really kind of Come interesting <laughs> paul, he, paul says and this is so in the con in the context of prayer that keeps going up here's what paul says so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations a thorn was given to me in the flesh messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
and therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, which is why I think that's why he's what he's praying for, the relief mm-hmm. from. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah, that's a, that is a repent and believe cycle all the way. Yeah. Complete transformation of, of my thought process. He let it go and let God. <laughs> he says in that this phrase, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And I, I don't even think, I know I've heard it before, but hearing you say that right there, I go, man, that's that's probably a better thing than anything else I could ask for anyway, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So like yeah, if, if, if God says, I'm not going to give that to you so that the power of Christ can rest on you because my power is made perfect in your weakness, I don't know how I can in my right mind go, no, I'd rather have the other thing than the power of Christ <laughs> yeah. rest on me. You know what I mean? Yep. That's such yeah. a good reminder to yep. me. But yeah. And I and that, even reading that text, um, correlates to the other podcast that we're going to send you guys to, which is part of what he talks about is a lot of times so many of our prayers become self-generated. And so we can kind of hit a rut where it's hard to grow because we're praying the same things over and over and over again in the same way. And we don't know how to change. And Scott, what Scott McKnight does is he challenges us, he challenges us to pray scripture, mm-hmm. to pray through scripture, to pray that out loud and then model that in the way that you ask and in the way that you seek and in the way that you um, praise the Lord whenever you're engaging in conversation. And so even, even that text right there, you can go and you can read that. You know, and you can say, Lord, I am. I, I feel like I've been asking you for these things. Teach me if your answer to me is that your grace is sufficient. You know, teach me that. And and that's where I think it's a big deal because it's you're taking words of God to engage him in conversation. And I think it's probably one of the best ways you can go. So Definitely. Is that it? I think so. Do you guys have any last so. things you want to add? Oh, boy, I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, let me let me, let me get a quick story. Can I do this? Yeah. Steve will cut it. So we like the stories. Okay. Um, here's the here, here's the thing. As I was I was praying with a buddy of mine, um, who was involved in an athletic endeavor, and I remember I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pray for us right now." And I prayed for his team to win. And I remember afterwards, he kind of you know with one eye open, one eye closed, he looked at me, and goes, "Is that how you pray for me?" And I said, "Oh yeah." But notice how I did pray. It was like, "Hey God, you know, man, we don't like the other team, and we really want this team to win." And and I just began to continue to talk about how and, and help me understand how that fits into the bigger picture of what you're doing. And I just can't be, I can't lie to you, God, about what's going on inside of my heart. So condition it and work it and help me understand and help me to pray for bigger, bigger things. And I did this with my friend um, because I wanted him to hear another way to pray about this instead of, because I think that he felt like I can never pray about this. And yet I bet he thinks about it all the time, but he doesn't know how to talk to God about it. And I think that's broken. If you're thinking about it all the time, prayer is communicating with God what you're thinking about all the time and then listening to how he continues to refine that whole process. And I, I've learned, I'm still struggling with this, to trust God with people and people with God and even my own thoughts. And I would really encourage you that all the thoughts that you are going through your head, the most broken and the most, even the most corrupted, give them to him in prayer. And just see the Holy Spirit begin to convict and to lead and guide and direct your thoughts. Um, yeah. All right. Why don't you pray for us? We're good. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Okay. God, I am grateful um, for you and for what you've done and the truth about who you are and for your patience with us. God, I think it's um, easy for us 
to lift up quick prayers or um, rather quick thoughts, but to spend more time reflecting and thinking is, uh, is a difficult thing. Many of us say we're too busy when in truth we uh, can spend a lot of time worrying and just um, running around ideas in our own brains. Help us to give those over to you. Help us to trust that your spirit will actually lead, guide, direct, and mature us. God, I thank you for right now in front of me, this community of faith that holds me accountable, not just in doing the right thing and to avoid doing the wrong thing, uh, but Father, to grow in you. Um, First and foremost, I thank you for you and for what you've done in Christ, for what you are doing in the Holy Spirit. And I pray that uh, this podcast would bring you glory, would bring benefit to those who listen, and it really would be a joy for us. In Christ's name, amen.